Hi, it's Mike, the podcast producer. So if you can't already tell from the title of this podcast, this one is a kind of a departure from the immigration law information we normally present. Lynn Walker, the author of these podcasts, was getting a lot of questions from colleagues about online marketing, and she proposed we do a little Q&A together about some of the more commonly asked questions. It's a little shameless self-promotion for me, but hopefully some good information for all of you. Now, just so you know, this podcast is also posted as a video on Lynn's YouTube channel. And there are some graphic additions there that you might want to see. But this audio version has a bonus story about a particularly bad example of online marketing we encountered recently. So you can take your pick, you know, listen to the extended version here on your podcast app or go to Lynn's YouTube channel and watch the video. As always, you can find Lynn's channel by searching L-I-N Walker on YouTube. And if you like the content, please give us a like and subscribe. Hi, I'm Lynn Walker, an immigration partner at Minor and Landis, here with this week's lightning round Q&A, a chance for you to ask us your pressing employment and family-based immigration questions. This week, we're going to go a little off script, and instead of answering immigration questions, we're going to answer some questions we've received from other attorneys who want to know about online marketing. And we're lucky enough to be able to interview Mike Pulsinella, a legend in the documentary film space who produces and directs videos and podcasts Mike has been producing and directing online marketing for attorneys for more than five years and has witnessed firsthand how the marketing field has changed since COVID. So as an aside, when I first started marketing, I did the usual thing that attorneys do. I was writing articles that were published in legal or affiliated industry media. But in December, 2019, I wanted to move into online marketing with videos, but I really didn't understand how to do that. I was not really looking forward to seeing myself or hearing my voice online. And while I had some ideas about some topics I wanted to discuss, I didn't know how to turn those topics into reality. Thankfully, I had Mike, who is an expert in legal marketing. Mike, thank you for joining us today. I've received a lot of questions from colleagues about how to market, and I'd like your input into some of these questions. So in the spirit of our lightning round, we're going to offer some marketing 101 tips from the expert, Mike. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks for having me. I've uh, really enjoyed working with you these past couple of years, and I'm looking forward to helping answer some questions for you, your fellow lawyers, and really anyone who wants to do online marketing. Excellent. Thank you, Mike. So uh, the first question I have is, um, is online marketing just videos? Well, I think everyone knows now that podcasts are everywhere. So that's just audio. Uh, although it, you can also produce a podcast that's video. And, and I've been doing that for a lot of clients where we record the video and then we release two different ways. You can release it as a, as a YouTube video, or you can release it simply the audio version on podcast apps, which is a good way to sort of cover both grounds. Uh, so there's, a, there's a, a multiple things you can do these days uh, with, with whatever material you want to present. Um, in, in your opinion, what 
have you seen work well for attorneys and, you know, in terms of online marketing and what have you seen like not really work so well? Well, the funny thing is, is I've seen a lot of different things work really well. And I, I guess it comes down to what works best for that person. I know that's not a very satisfying answer. I've seen very short clips work well for attorneys. And I've seen people do long form stuff, 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes of just talking head about a, a relevant topic uh, right into the camera and getting a lot of views. Uh, really the format, long, short interview, uh, talking head uh, is really up to the person. And again, I've seen all of these things do really well when presented properly. And in terms of that, when you're talking about the, the multitude of on, what online marketing is, is there like a time limit in terms of how long each segment, if you want to call it that, should be? For example, is there a difference between YouTube versus LinkedIn versus some of these um, audio podcast applications? Absolutely. Um, even though we talk a lot about you know, the short attention spans that people have. There is a lot of long form content out there. Now, personally, I would say if you're going to put something on LinkedIn, for instance, it should just be a short soundbite, something quick on two, one, two, maybe three minutes. You can really stretch out in podcasts and on YouTube. And that can go, I always say it can go as long as the content requires. As long as it's interesting, as long as you're giving people good information, they'll stick with it. Oh, and those long form videos, they can also be chopped up into shorter clips that will help promote the video and send people to YouTube. So for instance, you can post little short clips from your long podcast on LinkedIn. They can just exist on their own and be informational in that way. But you can also say, hey, you know, I've got a 45 minute podcast about this. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you know the various other ones, and on YouTube, it's a good way to repurpose a longer piece into shorter pieces and, and get the most out of everything that you record. I, that's really important, especially for today's professionals, whether they're attorneys or some other field, because you know everyone says time is money. So if you can repurpose something you've recorded in a longer format and chop it up into smaller bits. Right. So you may spend an hour recording a long podcast mm -hmm. and then for the next several weeks or longer, you can be taking excerpts from that and using that on other platforms. Excellent. That's really great to know. I might have a follow-up question about that, but let me move to our next question. Um, so I, I guess the number one question I've received is what kind of equipment do I need if I want to do online marketing? Like for, for where you're concerned, you're the expert here. What are the bare essentials? Pretty much everyone already has basically what they need to do online marketing. If you've done a Zoom meeting, which we've all done by this point, with the bad comes the good. And you know all the terrible things that COVID has brought and the, the pandemic, uh, there's also been some good too, in that we're all now very familiar with this kind of interaction. Mm -hmm. And so you're already comfortable with being on a camera. It's the camera that's built right into your computer. So I'd say everyone's ready to go, except for one thing. The most important thing 
is your sound quality. Believe it or not, uh, it's not the visual so much. Of course, you want it to look as nice as possible, but it's much more important that it sound as good as possible. And what I always suggest is people get an external microphone, like the one you're wearing. We can't see it that well against your, <laughs> your, your dark shirt, but like the one you're wearing. And they're relatively inexpensive. I think that one was like $35 or $40. And it just, it just removes a lot of the echoey room sound that most people, and you've heard it before on many Zoom meetings, you, most people sound like they're in a big room because the sound is echoing off the walls. It just brings the microphone closer to you. And in, in this case, I'm using a professional microphone, but it just brings a, a simple microphone closer to your mouth, cuts down on the room sound. And I think that's the most important thing that most people don't have at this point. In addition to that, you can get things like a nice ring light, which, which I have up right above me, which sort of illuminates you in a, in a very pleasing way. That's nice to have, but it's not essential. I think the most essential thing is you've already got the computer, just get a, a, a simple microphone and plug it in. Okay, excellent. Uh, let me add one caveat to that because mm -hmm. various computers have different inputs. And so you have to make sure you have the right microphone with the right input. And I'm gonna put up on the screen after we're done here, I'll edit this and I'll put up on the screen some examples of what I'm talking about. Okay, excellent, thank you. So the third question, and I guess this is also another challenging issue, um, and I hear it a lot from my colleagues, is what am I supposed to talk about? I don't know what I'm supposed to talk about. Uh, what I hear a lot is there are already so many videos online in the legal field. How do I distinguish myself? So for someone who might be anxious or nervous to, to start making videos, what would you recommend for them? What do you talk about every day with your clients? What kind of questions are you fielding every day with your clients? Mm -hmm. In every industry, there's, of course, a lot of repetition, a lot of overlap. I come from the fitness industry, and people are talking about diets and exercise. And, of course, there's a lot of repetition there. But, but each person should, should tailor their information to what it is that they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. What kinds of problems are you seeing your clients have? Don't worry about what everyone else is doing so much. Worry about what would be valuable for the clients that you have. So like you often do, we every couple of weeks, we do a, a Q&A. You're getting questions on a daily basis and you're setting some of them aside. And mm -hmm. then we're answering them in a quick format. That's probably one of the most useful things people can do. Now, if they also have strong opinions about things that are happening in the news or, or other kinds of information that they think would be useful to their clients, of course, you know, you can go into that. You can editorialize, in other words. There's nothing wrong with that. Although you sometimes might get yourself into hot water, some controversy comments, you know, challenging your ideas. That's not necessarily a bad thing, as long as people aren't trolling, of course, because that increases the traffic and the, the, the mm -hmm. clicks on your, your content. So I would say, don't necessarily shy away from controversy, but if you do go in that direction, be ready for the, the blowback that's, that's going to happen. And hopefully it will be, you know, intelligent conversations and not, you know, idiots trolling, which okay. is hard to so avoid these days. So on that, um, in your opinion, with the attorneys uh, that you have worked with, do you see an issue with someone creating videos or content that um, 
maybe other attorneys would consider very basic, like a 101 video. So for example, uh, we've done that where we've had clients ask, you know, well, what's a visa? What's a passport? What's an I-94? Do you see any issue with doing that type of video? And is it beneficial or not? Again, I'm going to relate this to my previous work in the fitness industry. Do you know how many times I've made a how to extra do these various <laughs> exercise videos, how to do a curl? I mean, everyone knows how to do a curl, right? But not really. Every athlete that I've worked with has their own little tweak on it. And you've got to realize that in, again, in every industry, there are always people just entering into it, just coming into it. Wouldn't it be great if someone who has all the questions and no information found you first mm -hmm. and you were the one that was educating them in, in all of the basics. Sure. All the other lawyers know all that stuff, but that's not who you're talking to here. Now there are some podcasts and videos that are lawyers directed towards lawyers. And that's a different thing, but I'm talking about directing our information to prospective clients. Mm -hmm. And again, you have people who are walking into this arena, completely cold, scared. They don't know what they're doing. It'd be so great if they could find your basics, your ABC one, two, three videos that will help educate them and hopefully, you know, bring them into your firm and help uh, bring you a new client. Thank you for that information, Mike. It's really important, I think, for people to understand that it's okay to do a video that others consider basic or a 101 video. You're right. Uh, not everyone is going to find those other 101 videos and how great would it be if the first one they found was yours Exactly. and you would be the expert for them. Exactly. Well put. Um, so the, the next question is, all right, so let's say we start doing this video uh, work, this podcasting, creating online content. How often or how frequently should we be posting? You know, that's a somewhat of a controversial topic in, in podcasting. I shouldn't say controversial. I mean, it's pretty well established that you should be consistent and publish on a regular basis in order to get a following and grow a following. But that's mostly for people who are podcasters and video maker, video producers for like YouTube, who do this on a regular basis and who are trying to make a living from it. You personally and lawyers like you, you've got so much on your plate to say that you're going to have to produce a fully produced podcast every week. That might be too much for some people. So I would say find the schedule that works for you. Try to do it on a regular basis. But if it's every three weeks, it's every three weeks. If it's mm -hmm. a short thing every two weeks, that's fine too. What we were saying before, is it better to do this regularly so you create an expectation with people so that they, they know that every third Monday, there's going to be something for me to learn about? That's a very good point. Better to establish a workable schedule for yourself that people can then rely on. So every mm -hmm. three weeks or whatever it is, then then start off real fast with, with too many podcasts and then not be able to keep up with that and disappoint whatever audience you found. Mm -hmm. I don't think it matters so much 
for, for, for lawyers like yourself or, or other people who are, who have a full-time job, it doesn't matter that, that you produce a lot. It just matters that you produce consistently and good material. That's another thing. There's no such thing as a throwaway. Oh, we'll just do a lousy episode this week and we'll get back to the good ones next week. Don't ever do that. I'd rather you skip a week than do a bad episode. And here's why, especially in the podcast world, you don't know. And on, on YouTube with videos too, you don't know which is the first episode people are going to see, which is the first episode people are going to encounter of yours. It's not necessarily the first one you've ever done. It could mm-hmm. be any one of them. And what you don't want is for people to stumble upon you, find you, which is a miracle in the first place, right? Find you and then hear a lousy episode, a lousy half-hearted episode. They'll never come back. So every episode has to be good, even if it's not on the schedule. So yes, the schedule is important, but I think quality is much more important. I think that's great advice because I think part of the the challenge for people who want to market is the fear that I have to do this frequently. I have to release something every day or every week. You know, in the legal field, emergencies come up and it's it's hard sometimes to keep those other things a priority because your your clients and their needs are the first, are the priority, right? And, and you um, will and- see articles that say you should release every so often. And again, I'd say you can release too often. You, mm-hmm. How many times have we unfollowed someone because they posted too many things and things that weren't relevant? So there's definitely a sweet spot there to be found. That is great advice. So uh, I think that was a really great point you made about not knowing what the first episode is that someone will see and not making for throwaway content. We had an experience with this, didn't we? uh, Yeah, we did. It was very uh interesting. So I want to say it was about 18 months after you and I started doing a lot of our online marketing Um we started getting noticed by other podcasts mm-hmm. and by other marketing companies. And I received an invitation to appear on a podcast. And I had some reservations because I, I wasn't quite sure why I was being invited. <laughs> uh, the, the, that was the, their the, first mistake. They couldn't make it clear why you were being asked to be on this group podcast. Yeah, this podcast. Um, And it was, you know, a combination of industry leaders and attorneys. And and I remember I I passed it to you saying, check this group out and let me know your thoughts. And um, the first thing we We went to their was we went to their YouTube page and we looked at other podcasts that they were doing video podcasts. And um, I remember it was just it made me very uncomfortable and it just wasn't something I wanted to attach the firm name to. I remember there was a panel of attorneys and um, two interviewers and uh, what the very first attorney they spoke to, they said, you know, why are you, you know, on this podcast? And he goes, I have no idea why I'm here. I don't know why you invited me. What am I doing here? And literally that was like, the the very first episode we saw that was their most recent episode and that was enough for me i, I, I told shows, them no 
And that shows a couple of things. That shows a lack of preparation on their part. They didn't pre-interview everyone. They just threw them in the deep end. And it also shows what I said before is every episode should be sharp. Every episode should be great because you don't know what people are going to see first. We saw that and we completely wrote them off. We realized that they weren't as serious about this as we were. And we politely declined. Yeah. I mean, it it just was evidence that you can't make throwaway content. Yes, absolutely. Not as, I mean, maybe that works in other fields, but in the legal field, that Mm -hmm. doesn't work. If, If we did that and someone Googled the firm or Googled me or Googled you, and that was the first taste they got of what we could do, mm-hmm. um, it, it would not be a good representation of what our product is. Absolutely. Um, okay. So moving on to the next question, um, which is the final question. So it, it's always interesting to me when, when, um, People ask me this, uh, why should I work with an expert video or a podcast producer or director? Um, so Mike, what can you do that can't be done with all of this free editing software that comes on the latest phones? If you are motivated, anyone can produce their own podcast now. That's one of the wonderful things about the way the technology is right now is that you do have everything at your disposal in order to do this. I think the issue here is time. Again, you're a busy professional. Do you really have the time to be researching how to do it and then recording yourself and or a guest and then figuring out how to edit? Editing takes time too. And uh, I think it's mostly a matter of gathering a team Mm -hmm. around you for something like this. in this case, it's a, a team of one, one producer in this case, but, but there, are, there are other levels you can go to where we have transcribers and we have people who, who do uh, graphic artwork uh, for the podcast to help promote them. Mm-hmm. Now, I do that myself, but if we were really trying to produce quickly, yeah, I would gather together a team of people. You can't do everything yourself time-wise. And again, I, I encourage anyone who's motivated enough to, to try and do this themselves. It can be a very satisfying and a lot of fun, but I'm here with some experience in the past because I've done documentary work. I've done a lot of videos again for the fitness industry and other things um, to, to help walk you through some of the, I should say, help you avoid some of the pitfalls. And another thing I want to put people's mind at ease about is that recording these things, it's, it's not a one take deal. You don't have to feel pressured that when we say go, that for the next 15, 20, 30 minutes or more, that you're going to be in the spotlight for the whole thing. With editing comes the ability to start and stop. If you stumble on your words, you can back up, you can start again. If you lose your train of thought, which both of our, us have, what, how many, three or four times already? But you know, at this point in the podcast, you stop the podcast. You, you don't necessarily stop the recording, but I'll take care of that later. I'll cut all that stuff out and, and smooth it all over. So the pressure is off to, to be on stage, as it were. You, mm-hmm. you, can, you can think your thoughts through. You can stop. You can rethink things and, and take your time with this. And then knowing that afterwards, I've got you covered and I can edit it and smooth everything out and make it seamless. That is really, really wonderful news. And I know that I have benefited 
very much from that. Uh, each of my recordings takes quite a while, and I do stumble a lot on my words, um, and I do need some, some editing help to sound much more professional. We all do. Even I do, who does voiceover for a living. <laughs> many takes, many takes to, to get it just right sometimes. I have to say from personal experience, I would not, I do not, I cannot, I, I just can't edit my own videos. Um, I did try initially to make my own recordings. Uh, the voice quality was terrible. Um, the lighting was awful. I was too low in my seat. So I, I looked like, uh, you know, a, a super, super tiny person. Uh, there was a lot of airspace. It was just a talking head. And then I also didn't know how to arrange my environment so that it would be conducive to great sound and great quality. Mm -hmm. So working with you has taught me how to do that. And, I, and I'm still learning. Now, I don't want people to think that they have to go crazy arranging their environment. Mm -hmm. You do have to make it pleasing and try to uh, dampen the sound as much as possible, like rugs and draperies and soft furnishings, that sort of thing helps. Now, you can see in, in my area, I've got acoustic tiles on the wall. You don't need to do that. Uh, you can make something that looks a lot nicer. And because I'm not usually on camera, this doesn't have to look Great. I'm not a, an on-camera personality. I'm going to put up on the screen some examples of various podcasting video setups so you can see, you know, ranging from the simple to the more complex, some with subtle lighting in the background to add a little bit of color, and one with even more lighting that goes for a much more complex podcast studio type feeling. Uh, so to show some of the kinds of things you can do, but again, you don't necessarily need to do. Um, there's a lot of little tips and tricks that I can help you with. One of them, for instance, is, is what I'm doing right now. If you notice, I'm looking right at you, the viewer, but uh, Lynn's really down here. And you see a lot of people do videos like this where they're watching the screen. So one of the things you've got to do, I'm going to give this tip away for free. One of the things to make yourself more professional is to, when you're listening and answering the question, Try to ignore the person on the Zoom screen and be, look right into your camera so that you're looking, you're engaging with the viewer in that way. So that's one of the many little things that having a producer can help you with, let alone the time saving, you know, from having someone else do the editing. Thank you, Mike, for that. Um, so if someone wanted to contact you, uh, how could they do that if they wanted to get involved in online marketing? Well, as soon as we wrap up, I'll have my contact information fly up on the screen so that everyone can see where to find me. And of course, whenever you post anything, you should always provide links in the text, in the copy that take people directly where you want them to go. So for instance, when you post something, there's always a link that takes people right to the Minor and Landis uh, website. That's mm -hmm. always a very important thing. So I'll, I'll, sh I'll put my information on the screen. People can contact me and I'd, I'd, I'd love to work with them. Thank you so much, Mike. Um, so that's all we have time for today. If obviously we didn't get to your immigration related questions, or if you have an urgent immigration issue, please feel free to contact us to schedule a consultation. Finally, don't forget to message us on LinkedIn and keep those questions coming in and we'll do our best to answer them in our next lightning round. In the meantime, be sure to continue to follow us 
for updates on immigration rules, policies, procedures, and any news that impacts U.S. immigration law. Thanks for listening. You can contact me for podcast and video production via email at mike at mikepulsanella.com, through YouTube by searching Mike Pulsanella, on Instagram at Mike Pulsanella, and on LinkedIn by searching again my name, Mike Pulsanella.